This episode of Animalators is brought to you by the people who make this podcast happen, Gradient. Gradient is the brand reaching open-minded, culturally inclusive, justice-oriented millennials through in-depth reporting, long-form features, and thoughtful commentary on what's happening in the world around us. If you like this podcast, be sure to check out some of the other great shows that are part of the Gradient Podcast Network. Uh, One in particular that I've been really into lately is In Case You Missed It, Gradient's weekly news roundup podcast, where members of the Gradient team give their perspective on five news stories from the week that was. Last week, the crew was talking about the best new shows to stream this summer. Check out this clip. Um, If you have the Amazon streaming service, you won't be disappointed. Uh, The first season of Mr. Robot is going on June 13th. So if you haven't watched that show yet, you definitely need to check it out. It was a great first season. Uh, Tying into what we were talking about last week, season seven of The Good Wife is going to be on uh, Amazon June 20th. I have been anxiously awaiting. I've never seen it, but you guys are really it's time to start Michael. Yeah. Yeah, it's time yeah, to you start get on that bandwagon. where have you been <laughs> <laughs> a couple movies that uh, uh that seem great that i haven't seen are syriana has anyone seen syriana yeah i did yeah. see it actually it's a little bit older yeah but, yeah yeah um it's it good movie. had good reviews and trumbo is going to be on amazon as well so those are definitely some things to check out you can check it all out at gradient.is slash podcasts follow along on facebook and twitter at gradient.is that's gradient d-o-t-i-s or just search for gradient and subscribe to their podcasts in itunes or your favorite podcast app gradient news culture and the human experience hey everyone zach dixon here and welcome to our 18th episode of animalators Curious conversations from the world of animation. Today on the show, we have Claudio Salas. Claudio is an independent animator and director based in London. Over his years in the industry, he has worked with an impressive list of studios and clients, including Buck, Moth Collective, Animade, and Passion Pictures. And he has built a truly fantastic body of work, including working with the Animade team to create the new animated Facebook reactions, which I'm sure all of you have seen and used. Another project of note, recently he headed up a hugely collaborative project for School of Life, bringing together dozens of animators and designers from across the web to create a beautiful piece called The Wisdom of Pessimism. Definitely worth checking out before we get into this episode. Claudio is also one of the curators of the immensely popular Wine After Coffee Vimeo channel, uh, where you can find lots of great animation, and he also helps put on the design and animation festival Blend. I'm excited to get into all of this and more on this week's episode of Animalators. Claudio, I am I'm so thrilled to have you. Thanks, man. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh man, so so much to get into, so much to talk to. Um, first, we we like to have everybody kind of start with their story uh, on on how they uh, maybe maybe got into internships but i'm i'm excited to get to um your your time at buck and and your time um freelancing where are you now um and and all the amazing work that you've you've produced over the years um but yeah first like where did you um kind of get your your first initial love uh for animation mm. yeah that's uh that's a good question um <laughs> Well, if if I go really far back, which is where I think it started, is uh, it must have been my my uncle who first introduced me to to different techniques that made it easy to draw and redraw little characters. 
and I actually looked it up like recently, and it's called the grid method, like one of these techniques. Oh, cool. And yeah, and like if you Google the grid method, you'll see what it is. But yeah. it's uh, like at the time, it was all about dry, drawing um, characters from The Lion King and Aladdin, which I was really into yeah. when I was like nine years old. So yeah, that was really fun. He he got me into that. Was your uncle uh, an animator himself or like a designer or anything? He, he used to do art and I think he does nowadays as well. He does like um, paintings, just like you know, uh, frames oh, to cool. sell or, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. He, he's awesome. Very nice. And where was this? Where did you, I understand you're in London now, but where did you grow up? Yeah, I was born in Chile, but I grew up in Sweden. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yes. So, fun. <laughs> well, yeah, tell me, tell me a bit more about the grid method. Did you, I mean, I'm guessing as, as a kid, you probably weren't like, oh, the grid method. I should, I should, uh, I should learn to do that. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> he just one day actually just randomly sat me and my brother down and uh, my older brother is two years old older so we were about the same age uh, as curious you know and and he just showed us how to like draw a little grid on a piece of paper like it's it's about pretty much scaling things up or down oh, okay yeah so we took this little like you know uh, the cover of of the of the vhs of the lion king or something and then drew a grid on that on the face of Simba or whatever it is. <laughs> and then you just pretty much copy that into your paper and mm. start drawing like uh, square by square. Wow. So it's made out of squares. Very cool. Which is, yeah, very cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just love doing that. He, he pretty much gave us a little like task for next week, next time he came <laughs> over or something. So yeah, I loved it. I just sat down and did a few, you know. That's amazing. Almost, they almost like kind of like flip books in that sense. Like you, you kind of flip through the pages to see the animation as you draw at each frame. No, it's not frame. It's more like a, a square, you know, like it's all in one page oh okay but you just yeah. end up having a square that you need to erase when you're done when you're actually done like doing each square by square oh, very interesting huh. yeah man very cool so did that like how did that kind of i don't know blossom in into something more did you go on to uh study design or animation yeah i did well like at that age i didn't like i kind of forgot about it for a while and after a few years, like uh, just one day, I was about maybe thirteen or fourteen. Uh, I had a neighbor friend that used to uh, that I used to go over to and play computer games with, uh, like you know, like Minesweeper and <laughs> Pinball <Yeah. laughs> on like Windows three point one or whatever it's called, and other little games. So one day he shows me this new awesome application that he got a hold of called Photoshop. Oh wow! And the, yeah, the big that one. was amazing, yeah. man. Yeah, I was so amazed by <laughs> how much cooler it was than like MS Paint or Paintbrush. I think it was called for you know Windows three point one. Anyways, and uh, so I started to bug my parents to buy a, a computer. So about a year later, uh, my brother and I got our own computer. I used to share everything with my two-year-old brother, uh, <laughs> David, at the time. We shared rooms, clothes, and yeah, of course, the new computer. So we ended up installing not only tons of games, but also like Photoshop. And then I got a hold of Flash somehow, you know, all those cracked versions yeah, back then. Yeah. 
but I played around like crazy, man. Like make, making fake websites, like flash stick figure animations, which was pretty big back then, and a bunch of like ugly, sh- uh, cheesy stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I pretty much got an early start with, with all of those tools. And it wasn't until I got into gymnasium, which is in Swedish, <laughs> it's the secondary school um, that. It lasts for three years when you're around 15 to 18. Okay. And it's it's divided into programs where you choose your focus. And my focus was media and graphic communication was what it was called. Wow, very cool. And yeah, it was was then when I realized you can actually make money out of doing more (laughs) graphics and animation, you know. And (laughs) that was so good, you know. I, I just, during that time was when I started browsing through the web and uh, through blogs and i found a bunch of designy ones including motionographer nice but back then it was called tween yeah of course yeah and uh i found work from companies like buck uh, and mk12 stardust and this awesome lifelong friendship society did really awesome yeah. random stuff yeah yeah, yeah man so it sounds like you you were kind of on your on your way, just starting, you know, being able to do some focused studies in secondary school. Um, what what was next for you? Yeah, after that, um, well, I I just wanted to learn all of these you know skills that I saw on the web, you know, all these browsing through all those these awesome videos and stuff. Uh, so I kind of. I kind of well, I studied for about five years actually. Actually, after that, uh, a few one to two year programs in Sweden, and including digital design, three D character animation, ah. and lastly, motion graphics. Yeah, very yeah, cool. So it's a bunch of little courses. Yeah, very focused too, which is helpful. Definitely, yeah, that was super cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, after that, I did I did a little bit of shitty freelance work in Stockholm. Uh, which were where I was living at the time. And it wasn't until the last motion graphics um, program at this school called Hyper Island that I finally broke away from Sweden, which was what I really wanted to do from the beginning. I just wanted to go to big city and do, you know, <laughs> big city life. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that motion graphics program included a three month long internship period. Cool. And since I had a few years of studying and working, I had a good enough portfolio to, you know, and and could apply to some cool companies at the time. But the only one I had in my mind was Buck, of of course. course. Very nice. (laughs) Yeah, so I applied to only them. And luckily, that's, you know, they they chose me and I was there. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. So did you move, you know, straight to LA or New York? Yeah. yeah, well, initially I really wanted to go to their New York office, mainly because New York just sounded like a cool yeah. city, but uh, they were only looking for an intern at the LA office. So, And of course, that wasn't yeah. a problem, so <laughs> I went there instead. Uh, so I ended up spending six months as an intern there. And by the end of that, I asked my boss, Ryan Honey, if it was possible to do six more months, but this time in New York. So he said, well, he said, I'm going to talk to Orion, the New York boss. And luckily that worked out for them. So I ended up moving there and do six more awesome months. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, and then I I understand that you, after that, you, you went into, you moved back to London, did some freelance work. 
um, and then mm-hmm. kind of eventually came back to Buck uh, for for a stint there full time. And, and now I understand you're you're full time freelance in London. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, that's very much what London, happened. London, L.A., New York, L.A., London, all just all over the place, mo- moving around <laughs> across yep, the yep. states and the and the ocean and all all kinds of things. Um, but man, you you've had the chance to work on um, some incredible projects um, at Buck and and freelance and also with Moth Collective. Um, but I would love to maybe. Uh, I'm curious, and I think I think there might be some other people curious out there what um, working on a project at, at Buck is like. And and you worked on probably one of my favorite Buck pieces of all time, maybe one of my favorite pieces of all time. Their their Childline project. Um, mm. So maybe we could dive in into that a little bit. Could you first? Um, maybe just for people who don't know and people who haven't seen it, tell us just a little bit about what Childline is and, and what that what that project was. Sure, sure. Um, Childline is um, it's a, like UK based counseling service for for kids uh, under an age of like I think twenty or nineteen or something, and they uh, they just counsel you know when whenever you have bad problems at home or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Take us through just kind of um, like your your process from when when you first jumped on the project, um, and and kind of what your roles were. Yeah, I mean, I was when I when I first heard about the project, which you know, like the the whole message was really awesome. I like my role um, on that project was um, one day I was just sitting at work as usual <laughs> <laughs> and i think one of the producers just comes over and says like hey i think you're going to be working with me because there's a few producers and she was excited and she shows me the the first initial like um the brief and the and the stuff we have we had so far like i think there was like a like an animatic at that point oh, cool. well storyboards yeah rough storyboards and um, I was actually, she said, like, you're going to be the main compositor for this. And also, you know, whenever you have downtime, you will be helping out animating. Very cool. So I was super excited because, you know, like, I I know Josh uh, Harvey and uh, Joe Mullen were both on this project. And, like, initially, you know, and they're, like, super, the, the, I don't know, like, <laughs> one of my favorite people in the world when when it comes to you know uh directing and designing yeah uh, animation and yeah i mean i jumped on it and i started putting together all these storyboards into an animatic and uh, you know we went slowly i showed it, it was a close process with you know the creative directors uh uh joe and josh very cool yeah so i i mean i understand how many people would you say were probably working on on the project altogether? Mm, on and off i think in total maybe 15 20 people okay yeah i mean this was one of those uh like buck has one of these projects i think once a year i think that's what they aim for where they don't actually make any money out of and so they pretty much just had you know whenever a freelancer for example has is waiting for something they just tell them hey can you help out on this shot right here or something yeah, so it was really fun to get to work with all these super talented people too, you know. Yeah, and and I think something that might be a little bit foreign to maybe a lot of, of freelancers and and small studios mm-hmm. 
is just that experience of working with, you know, 15, you know, to, you know, 50 people on, on, on a project. Mm -hmm. Could you maybe speak to what that's like and and maybe some of the, um, kind of benefits and, and maybe even cons that you see of, of this, this type of teamwork? I think it's fascinating and I think it, it's what puts out some of the best work in the world. Um, yeah. Could you maybe speak into that a little bit? Sure. Sure. Yeah. My experience was amazing actually. Like, um, (laughs) I was just like, you know, like at Buck, they, they pretty much only hire the best and getting to work with the people who you can just trust and just be around and just be inspired by is such, such an honor, you know, like since I was putting this whole thing together, I, I got to speak a lot to all the animators and just like, you know, <laughs> pressure them to give me, give me their little shot by the end of the day and just be like, Hey dude, how's it going? Will you have something new for me today? (laughs) (laughs) Which is awesome, you know, like, and I'm pretty, like, I I love that at work, just being a little chatty and just, you know, hey, how's it going? Like, show me your, what you've been doing today or whatever. And stopping by each person and, which is so much fun, man. I I just love it. And then, you know, when they tell me, you know, we have some, I'll have something for you in an hour. So I just go back in an hour and just sit and put, put it together in After Effects. What were some of the maybe biz- biggest takeaways you took from all of your time at Buck? Like, what are, what are some of the things that that maybe you you learned through your experiences there? Because I think, I mean, that's that's pretty much where you kind of cut your teeth, especially the first time around. I mean, you had a full a full year, six months LA, six months uh, New York, and um, mm-hmm. and I can I can only imagine the just amount of learning um, that that happened and and just rapid uh, progression of skill. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, that it was the first time I actually dug deep into very technical things. Like, it was the first time I just felt like, you know, like, I'm going to learn the graph editor <laughs> in After Effects, yeah. you know. I'm going to freaking learn <laughs> what what is that, you know. I don't understand these curves, but I'm going <laughs> to yeah. learn it, which I did. And now I'm happy I can do that. But before that, I was just, you know, just right-clicking and doing, like, easy ease in or easy ease out. So that was a very specific thing, for example. But but I also learned so much about, you know, like clients and big clients, mm, yeah. you know, and how they tend to communicate with their clients and, you know, what what is said on the on the meetings and and also being surrounded by these awesome talented people, you know, like how, how fast they work and how they think and how they you know, they they style frame like from A to B and and a lot about like transitions, um, like I think in general, like style frames in general, how that actually works, and how you know you you need to make enough style frames in order to tell the story. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's just like because my my role was mainly being an, an animator, mm-hmm. and what I get is just style frames pretty yeah. much. And an explanation from from these talented people just saying like, yeah, well, I had this thought or maybe I didn't have a thought at all. Can you figure it out? Which is like my challenge there, you know, and I love that just figuring out how, you know, how to go from A to B and exploring and getting time to actually, you know, oh, once I have like three, three versions, like we can just talk about it back and forth. And that's what I loved about Buck too. They, They had a very open... Oh, they still do. Like they have, they have this open space, right? 
and where everyone pretty much sits and you can just i don't know just yell to <laughs> someone across the room and be like hey dude i mean not many people did but you know you just walk over and be like hey, yeah dude. Ah, that's so interesting but, yeah it was a very 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 nice atmosphere yeah so so your your role as animator then like you're saying you, you kind of get handed uh, maybe a few style frames and then mm -hmm. is it just your kind of job to be like hey we need to get from point a to point b you've got i don't know a day or two days or who, who knows how much time um you know right and then we'll check back in is that kind of how how it worked Pretty much, yeah. That that was, yeah, exactly that. And uh, many times they didn't even tell me, like, you have this amount of days. And I just assumed when they don't say, <laughs> that's when I have plenty yeah. of time. And I can actually, you know, make this cool. Very nice. And then are you yeah. kind of sitting next to other people who are also working on the project? And you guys are kind of talking about, you know, how things are moving? Or how, how does that kind of collaborative element come into it? Yeah, totally. Um, usually, like... How I was sitting the last time was uh, around other artists, mainly animators. And sometimes we would work on the same project and sometimes not. So we would just be looking over each other's shoulders and be like, hey, what are you working on? Tell me about it. What is it? You know. Uh, but many times we would know exactly what the other one was doing. So there was not much talking there <laughs> about work, <laughs> at least. <laughs> I'd like to maybe move on a little bit to your, I know you have a huge mm -hmm. passion um, for kind of collaborations and, and, and teamwork. Um, and, and I'd love to talk about your, your piece, the wisdom of pessimism. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I thought that was uh, one, it just, just beautiful. Um, a, a really um, just well put together animation and, and a wonderful uh, message and story and I, I thought it was fascinating but also just kind of the way that it came together I think might might be fascinating I mean you directed and kind of headed head up the project but then the the amount of designers and animators is amazing I mean just the the level of talent and just the amount of them <laughs> that you amassed to make such a wonderful project so I guess first of all for, for people who don't know if you, you haven't seen it Go watch it. Uh, it's called The Wisdom of, of Pessimism. It's on Vimeo. Um, but yeah, for, the, for those who, who don't know, maybe haven't seen it, could you tell us first a little bit about um, what the project is and, and how it came to be? Sure. Man. <laughs> yeah, this is probably my, my favorite project I, I've ever worked on, especially because I had such a big role in it. And, well, to tell you about it, it's uh, for this... Um, the School of Life, which is um, um, a company, I guess, in London, and they um, they share uh, really good messages uh, about philosophy and life. And um, yeah, they exist. Uh, recently, they've existed online. Well, a few years back, I guess, but they had this YouTube channel where they share all these videos uh, about life and you know what's good and and love and sex and yeah a bunch of really good stuff like even yeah you should you should just go check it out i think they they do really good videos just that that makes you think and the one i got the chance to direct was called the wisdom of pessimism and it's pretty much about telling the message of how to be a good pessimist and what what is good about being a pessimist and what is bad yeah. i guess <laughs> yeah very cool so how how did you or I guess 
why and and how like cause certainly you could have maybe done it all by yourself because you're certainly a, a ver- very talented animator and, and designer but there are there are so many people involved in this process that are that are incredibly talented so yeah how, how did that massive uh, collaboration come to be oh man yeah it's it's a fun ride but yeah starting in the beginning i i was uh i was first actually thinking of doing it all myself and I, I sat down and I, you know, wrote down a bunch of ideas for each sentence. Like, the initial idea was, was there from the beginning that, you know, every sentence would have a completely different shot. So, you know, it would look different from, from the other. And yeah, I mean, pretty early, I guess, I just had the thought of, like, what if, what if I just start inviting a bunch of people to this? And I, I had no idea so many people would, you know, <laughs> accept this. But, but I started off with, I guess, and, and I guess that's maybe why, like, people started saying yes. Because, like, I did the spreadsheet, mm-hmm. right? And um, I, put, I put everything there, like, all the shots individually. And, and uh, just put a little, you know, row of, you know, where you can put your name. And I just started inviting people. Like, first of all, I started with the Moth Collective, my friends there. And both uh, Margot and Dan there, they they were super excited and really wanted to help. So they put their names down. And then I think I got in touch with Johnny Kelly, which is, yeah, a huge, you know, he's, he's such an inspiration. And I actually worked with him a few months before that and got to know wow, him. Cool. So so he, he, want, he put his name down and wanted to help out. And then more and more, like, I just, like, all of a sudden, I just, like, wait, I can just maybe invite more and more people, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, and I got, like, this, you know, like, I, what do you call it? Greedy. No, not greedy. <laughs> it's just, like, I just, like, oh, shit, I can invite yeah. more and more people. And then I realized there are more talented people out there that I want to invite that, than there wow. is shots, you know? So I'm, like, oh, shit, fuck, what yeah. are we going to do now? So, but at at some point like this whole list started filling up with names and i think and i also told people like go ahead and check out the the spreadsheet and i think that encouraged people to because they saw yeah. the names yeah so is the spreadsheet just kind of broken up into different shots that people were going to take yes correct and cool. there is there is a little link too that i could share oh yeah if, that'd be awesome yeah, yeah yeah uh to see the you know the spreadsheet because it, it was initially like this spreadsheet that made by Jainant, but by Jorge and and Jay cool so I actually yeah. borrowed that uh, because we used this the same spreadsheet for uh, the blend um, manifesto Very nice. yeah we'll get back to that I definitely want to talk about that totally yeah so that was just a great great base you know that's awesome so did you um, I don't know it, it it's it's kind of turned into this like maybe it's it's a little bit eclectic because it is made um, by so many people, but it definitely has a distinct voice. Um, how how did you mm-hmm. kind of you know keep control over you know the, will the shots transition well to each other? Um, will will they will all the shots just work um, back to back? How, how did you um, kind of amass the the power of the animation community to make something so wonderful? <laughs> Yeah, that was tricky. Like, what what I first started with, I guess, like, was to think about myself. Like, what would an email look like that I would say yes mm, to? Yeah. You know, and I also like because I I was the one doing all the communication back and forth. So I just wanted to keep <laughs> it as as little communication yeah. as possible, so I can actually work on it myself. Yeah. You know, 
<laughs> and not only send an email, but I just put together this long email and uh, and it was about like making it personalized, of course, in the beginning, just saying, hey, dude, how are you? But then just inviting people by telling them like I have this and this and this and the things were a mood board and cool. colors, yeah. a color palette. And also the the boredomatic or animatic, whatever you want to call it, just of you know how long each shot needs to be, and this is what you would do, and like you know, and that gave gave them the you know a good idea of you know what what could be there. And I also encouraged people because this was these were my ideas, mm -hmm. right? But I encouraged people to you know like if you have another idea, please feel free. Like I just want you to have as much fun as possible on this. And you should, because the thing is, there was no yeah. money. I need to, I need to say that. Yeah. So no money involved. And that's, that's a huge thing, you know, like not many people actually take on a project like that. Yeah. But that's why I wanted to encourage people to actually, you know, do whatever you want and do it as long as you keep this color palette and this length of, you know, the shot. Um, huh. yeah. So many people actually only designed a frame mm, okay. and some people both designed and animated wow. a frame. But I also told them, like, if you only want to design, then I can animate it or I have someone else animate it, depending on how much time I get. Man, that's so cool. I, I, I love uh, this this animation community, especially, um, you know, just on Vimeo and Twitter and, and Dribbble and Instagram and all these places. Um, I don't know. There's such an interesting kind of aspect of community Um you know, coming together to, to do something like this and people willing to offer up their time and then um, even in incredible things like nine squares and people being willing to come on yeah. animalators and do a, a fun animal gif. And, and I don't mm -hmm. know, I just, I, I think that this is a great kind of picture of of this this community. Um, and, and I know that's something that you're passionate about as, as well with just kind of the animation community and and... Um, I know you participate in wine after coffee and, and you're, you're involved in, yes. in curating that list. Um, I don't know, maybe, did you learn anything about the animation community through, through this project? It's <laughs> a great question. Um, I don't know. I, I did learn, I guess, just about how, you know, how people are so willing to share and so willing to do things for, I don't know. Because the message was so good mm -hmm. for this piece yeah. as well, and I think that that that's a thing that many people just were attracted to. And I don't know. I mean, <laughs> not sure what I learned really. <laughs> I, I just loved it. Yeah. You know, I had a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So a little bit earlier, you mentioned uh, the the blend um, work that you guys did for for the conference in Vancouver, um, kind of headed up by by Jorge, uh, who's another uh, animalator uh, alumni, I guess that's a thing now. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and you also curate for for Wine After Coffee, which is a fantastic uh, source for inspiration on Vimeo uh, channel and and website. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your involvement with that? Sure, sure. I mean, me and Jorge go back to the first time I interned. We interned together at, at Buck. Oh, no way. Very so cool. So that's how we got to know each other. We, yeah. we, were, we were roommates as well at the time. So we were just getting along really well. He's a good friend of mine now. And, you know, we keep doing work together. We're working on something right now, actually. Oh, no and, way. 
Yeah, sure. so we just keep in touch, and I feel like he—I mean, he was the main brain be- behind Wine After Coffee. But one day, he's just sitting at at Buck and saying, you know, like, "Hey, dude, do you want to make a? Do you want to join me doing like like kick motionographers, but you know, just do something better than motionographer <laughs> if that's possible?" <laughs> but yeah, like it was pretty much just sharing work through through this uh, Vimeo channel, uh, Wine After Coffee. Very cool. And yeah, I was just like, of course, man, I want to do that. <laughs> and yeah, so we, we just started inviting people. He started inviting people to that. And now like there's a list of, I don't know, 20, 30 people just sharing cool videos there. Wow. And I love it. You know, I just, I spend way too much time on Vimeo. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I check it at least 20 times a day and just, you know, go over my feed and loving things. And yeah, it's I, there's just so much good stuff. Oh my being gosh, made it's amazing! Day. It's overwhelming. It's awesome, man. Yeah, who, whose whose work are you especially enjoying right now? Any any any? Uh, I don't know. Thing companies or 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 just animators or designers that have been really inspiring you lately? Wow, that's dude. I could do, I could give you the longest <laughs> list ever, but yeah, I mean, some that I, that that come to mind is um, Daniel uh, Effinger. I think that's how yeah. his last name. He, he just, you know, released a new website, which is beautiful. Like, just putting together all what he's done there. Mm-hmm. But also, um, there is this girl that's crazy talented. Her name is Jen Strickland, actually. And sounds really familiar. Yeah, she just makes these... She draws a lot. And she has her blog. And I'll give you the link so you can share it. But yeah, for sure. It's it's. It's so awesome what she's doing. Just little characters, little doodle animations. And mm. it reminds me of, of this other guy that also is up there. That's, you know, inspiring me nowadays is uh, Charles Huettner. I don't know how you say his last name either. I just read all these names, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, these people are, like, my probably top right now. Very cool. I'm, ta- I'm taking them down. Taking them down. Adding them, adding them to my list. Very yeah, cool. Man. Yeah, yeah. So and and obviously you were um, a part of of putting on blend, which we've we've talked about quite a bit in in the in past episodes. So I, I don't want to maybe yes. tread on, on that too much because you know just got got to be looking forward to the to, to the next blend. But yes. um, yeah, could you just maybe touch on on, on that conference a little bit? I, I know it it was wonderful. I, I really enjoyed it and, and learned a lot from it. Um, yes. But yeah, what what was that like uh, putting together Blend? Oof, man, it was it was incredible. I loved it. I think it's it's one of my favorite projects in my head right now. Really? And wow. yeah, yeah, I really loved yeah being part of putting it together, and just like putting together so many people uh, with similar interests, goals, mm-hmm. and you know yeah. the heroes under one roof. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it was just so rewarding to to hear. Uh, what even I felt when I was there, like which was that so many people were inspired and eager to just go back to and do some more work, you know. Mm-hmm. So in your work, I, I, I see a lot of different different styles, a lot of different you know design styles, mm-hmm. illustration styles, but then you also managed to um, combine two D animation and and three D animation. Could you talk a little bit about how you um, balance all, all of those different kind of genres and styles in your work? Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, like nowadays, I'm really into 
I'm really into doing like 2D looking things. And uh, since I studied 3D, I, I know it pretty well, but I was just talking to someone at work today and, and saying how, man, I really love making 3D looking 2D. <laughs> yeah. Like 2D looking 3D, I guess. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but just <laughs> the part of just like, you know, maybe some object that just rotates in the right way. Mm. And yeah, man, it's it's just really fun to have that, that you know, that skill, I, I guess, to, to actually be able to think and, and solve problems that way rather than needing to draw and or however you would make it in After Effects, maybe. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're, you're talking about, I don't know, do you do a lot of work then in like Cinema 4D or 3DS Max or Maya or something like that and then just do your best to try and get it to match maybe some, some 2D style frames that you've made? Yeah, exactly. I Very much like that. Yeah, I, I work in Maya and... I just end up doing both like, because one thing that I can mention is just like, like I'm working on a project right now where I'm actually going to shoot something stop motion. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. And Very cool. Yeah, it's super fun. So I'm prepared and I'm, we're going to shoot it this weekend, me and my wife. Um, <laughs> uh, I put together, uh, what's it called, a previous or some, yeah, a rough animation in 3D before just so I can, you know, plan ahead because we're going to rent a camera and only for two days and we have limited time so we want to just go in there and actually just animate you know hmm. um but that's that's one of the ways i i use 3d for example to to pre-visualize things yeah i'm excited to see that that sounds awesome have you done a, a big stop motion effort before no <laughs> i i don't <laughs> think so this is i mean the 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 pieces in uh, in the wisdom of pessimism are the only ones i've pretty much made before so yeah they're the yeah. Practic practical ones how do, how do you feel about that because because doing new stuff i think is is often well one it's the, it's one of the scarier parts of of what animators do for a living, right? Is, is, is mm -hmm. branching out, trying something new, especially when you're on a deadline, you are uh, getting paid and, and, you know, someone expects great work and, mm -hmm. and there you are trying to learn something new while also trying to hit a deadline and make something that looks great and trying not to mess it up. Um, could you talk yeah, a little bit about that? Just trying, trying something new and, and powering through that maybe initial fear that's involved. Mm. I don't know. Like I actually never, <laughs> I've never had a fear. Oh, you seriously? Just like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be yeah, great. I think that's <laughs> how like I'm driven, you know, like that's how my brain works. And just cause right now I'm actually like trying to learn, uh, this, uh, program called TV paint. Oh yeah. Which is uh, a crazy good tool to do animation, 2d animation. And I would compare it to like animating in Photoshop where you get yeah. to use the nice brushes. Nice. And but this this TV paint it actually made by animators for animator animation, hmm. you know. Very so cool. So it has tons of really good features and, you know, tools. Yeah. Just I've I've always been, you know, just really uh, curious about, you know, oh, how does this work? But many times I've realized how big of a challenge it is like jumping into to all of this <laughs> like the first time I, I wanted to learn Maya, that was one of those things. Because after a year or just a few months, actually, I realized how 
big of a world it is, you know, the whole 3D world. Oh, Especially yeah, it's, it's because amazing. my eyes, yeah, it's, it's such a big program for visual effects in general. So I just bumped into so many obstacles and just, mm. oh man, that was crazy. So I actually ended up just telling myself, you know what, I'm going to focus on only learning the animation tools in Maya and I'm not even going to bother learning how to render things beautifully, learning how to, you know, rig something really nice or whatever. Like, there's just too much to learn. Like, you know, there are specialists doing that and they mm. keep learning today, you yeah. know. They've been working for tens, yeah, tons of years, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. Especially, I mean, like you said, there's there's so many different avenues um, in that 3D world, especially with there's, you know, there's, and, and it seems like everywhere I turn, it's like, oh, what, what if I could do that? And then there's like a, you know, a $5,000 tool that I need right. to do that well. And it's like, you know, well, that would be nice, but man, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's so many, there's so many different areas of, of specialty. And I don't know. And I think that that can often be a struggle of freelancing or even working at a studio or, or anything in the animation industry is you know, the, the balance between being a generalist and being a specialist mm-hmm. um, and, and trying to find a, a good balance between the two. Because I think obviously to do great work, you have to you have to understand uh, a lot of the different specialties that go into making animated work. Um, but then also you, you can run the risk of not really being good at anything. Um, exactly. How do you personally strike that balance? Oh, that's tough, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I, I kind of sell myself differently depending on which studio I go to or which project I go to. Yeah. And depending on what I feel like doing next, pretty much. So, for example, I work with this studio here in London called Animate. Mm, yeah. And man, they great. are amazing. Yeah, I love them. And working there is really fun because I know whenever I get there, I get to do like 2D After Effects character animation. So whenever I feel like that, I kind of like, you know, reach out and say, hey guys, do you have anything fun going on? And it might get back to me or not. And sometimes it just, you know, works perfectly. But but yeah, that's, that's one approach I do. But also like, I don't know. I mean, many times I do get really interesting projects uh, just requests um, and I just think like can I do this or not and many times or not many times but sometimes I I just I'm not quite sure so I just end up like because it seems like a really fun project I might just take it anyways and just say like <laughs> you know what you can pay me a little bit less if you want but I'm going to take a little bit longer time than what a, what a specialist would you know would take yeah. Yeah, kind of get paid to learn a little bit. Exactly, almost. because yeah. I love that. I love learning new tools, new things all the time and pushing my, you know, skill set. <laughs> yeah. What what drives that for you? Is it more of just seeing a project and, and maybe an idea pops into your head or, or maybe seeing someone else's work? You know, like, I wonder how they did that. Um, yeah. Yeah, what, what kind of sparks that desire to learn? <laughs> it's probably the last thing you said there that, you know, I, I see work on Vimeo and I'm like, holy crap, I want to do this. And I don't think there's ever been anything like, you know, uh, fresh that I've come up with in my head and been like, oh, this is what I want to do, you know? Like, I have yeah. no 
original ideas whatsoever. Like for me, it's mainly like when I start a project, I mainly go through my Vimeo likes and just like, you know, look for references there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't really come up with anything in my head. So I, I pretty much steal everything, you know, <laughs> that's, that's how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Yeah. Um, earlier, we, we kind of talked a little bit about you, you balancing different styles in, in your work. Um, mm-hmm. But what about balancing uh, life and work? Because um, mm. that, that's often a very, a very challenging thing, especially when, um, you know, you've got projects in the work that you're really passionate about and require a lot of time. Um, and, and, and a lot of times it's very tempting to overwork and, and, and give work too much of your life and too much of your time. How do you, how do you find, um, that you're best able to balance that? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think I tend to, uh, check with my wife for that because, <laughs> because my brain is, is pretty like flexible when it comes to like overworking. Like mm. I can, I can, yeah, like I think I can work way too long without realizing like, oh shit, I haven't eaten or I haven't done this and this. <laughs> so it's I, mainly I like, hear you, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's mainly my wife who can actually like say, you know, like let's spend some time together or, you know, uh, especially because I live in London, you know, like I, I, I'm not close to family. Well, Sweden is close ish, but yeah. uh, it's not, like I never need to, you know, like go see my mom or go see blah, blah, blah. And because of that, it, it's very, you know, I can just keep on working. And so my wife is the one that actually tells me let's spend time. And, and whenever a new job comes in, I ask her like, Hey, what do you think? Should I take this? <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, yeah, you should, you should, that's, that would be awesome. You know, you can work with Jorge again, or you can work with this cool studio again or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So sometimes I do like get permission to just <laughs> do like a side project. And that means like, okay, we're going to have three weeks without pretty much seeing each other. Yeah. But you know, like many times, like, that's what's, I'm really fortunate to be in this position right now, actually to, to get enough projects so I can actually turn things down. And yeah. after a project, I can just say like, you know what, I'm not going to work until, you know, two weeks from now. So that's that's the one thing I love about freelancing too, you know, getting that flexibility. But yeah, I I, I I try to balance, you know, I try to balance as much as possible. Like I love I love spending time with friends and and my wife and you know yeah. even calling home and stuff. So yeah. What, what does your wife do for work? Uh, she's in the creative field as well. She does uh, set design and uh, model making. Oh no way. Yeah, man. She's super talented. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome that you guys are now getting to work together on this stop motion piece. Very excited to yeah, see Yeah, man. It. Totally. Yeah. She she was actually involved in the pessimism video as well. And oh, nice. she was the one making all the, not all of it, but most of the uh, practical stuff. Oh, yeah. man. That stuff's so cool. It's fun. Um, so I, I think one of the challenge, most challenging things about... Um, just making work, and I think in any any creative field is um, well, at least for me, it's it's making something that that I'm proud of, that that I think um, is is truly great. And I and I think every project, you know, we all, we always strive to uh, make something that is good. But I think the the really challenging part is getting 
something that is is truly great and kind of getting that last like 10% or even even that last 1%. Um, mm-hmm. what what to you makes kind of the difference between something that's just good and then and then something that's that's great. Um, and and maybe what are some of the things that you've learned over the years that really took your work to that next level? Mm. Yeah, I think so yeah, I mean many people say that it needs to be like what what needs to be really good is like when story and music and audio and concept and execution all comes together as mm. one perfect yeah. thing, right? But I find myself loving a lot of just simple little, you know, loops and gifs being mm. made that are really ugly looking, but <laughs> because, because of the movement, it's just like, wow, I love it, you know? So, yeah, like, I think, you know, because the concept was really good uh, in a piece, uh, it, it can also make it really, really good. Yeah. So, so it depends on, like, I don't know, like, many times you can just focus on one thing and make that good, I think. And what I tend to do is just because that's my strongest skill is animation. I can make things move nicely. Sometimes it doesn't really matter what it looks like. So I just go ahead and just spend those extra time, like hours or whatever it is, just tweaking those keyframes and making them just like, you know, feel good. Even if this whatever flower looks really ugly, just (laughs) as long as it's flowing nicely in the wind, you know, that's, that's, I'm happy. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I understand uh, that you are working on something with, with Jorge right now. Mm -hmm. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about the, the project you're working on right now? Um, I am actually not sure how much I can tell about that project. Sure. Like, Jorge hasn't actually told me how, how, where, where, how much should be said. But, but right now I'm actually working on another project as well, which is my actual full-time work that I'm doing. Oh, cool. Um, uh, full-time, you know, as in it's a freelance project yeah, still, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. eight hours per day. Um, and it's uh, I'm helping this amazing and talented animation director called uh, Nicholas Menard. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Have you heard of yeah or seen his work? If I you have, haven't, you should yeah, if you, check you haven't, it out. It's you definitely so, should. Yeah. Yes. So he's doing a short film for uh, this uh, the late night work club. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love their oh stuff so much. Yes. And last time was the theme, because they have a theme every time, I guess. Uh, the second time around comes now. But the first time was Ghost Stories, and this time is uh, the theme is Strangers. And it's going to be really good, man. I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so excited to be working with Nicholas. Because, um, like, right now, like, I'm, I'm just working at the studio where he's, uh, he's ripped by them, I guess. Like, they have a really interesting setup at, at Nexus Productions, another company here in London. Hmm, cool. And yeah, it's one of the best animation studios here, I would say. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just really fortunate to sit and work there with a small little team that he put together for, for his film. And uh, Nexus also has like a few other projects going on at the same time. So I get to share a uh, workspace with so many other amazing creative people too. And it's just a, a beautiful atmosphere. Um, I love that. Yeah. When does that come out? Uh, so his deadline is mid June. Okay, cool. But I hear that the late night work club projects might have a longer deadline. Okay. Um, yeah. So it depends on it, it. It's supposed to be end of June. So 
we'll see. <laughs> nice. So maybe, hopefully, by the time this podcast is out, you all will be able to go watch that. Um, I'm always yes. incredibly excited when late night work club puts something out it's it always blows my mind and leaves me inspired uh so i can't can't wait for that that'll be great yeah man um well we we try to end each episode with the same few questions um Mm -hmm. so the first one is Mm -hmm. who is your dream client Mm. oh that's that's a tough one (laughs) for (laughs) me um half of the time uh, my clients are production studios or individuals so yeah. like you know uh, and the other half is just uh, companies from completely other fields like medical fields or whatever so when it comes to a studio like if i can split it up into two <laughs> yeah go for it yeah a production studio uh, is a studio that treats their employees with love and respect i guess and uh, yeah so and when it comes to a client from another field it's just someone who gives me a project that has like a few things i guess but a great message or story already you know thought of or that i can you know that they give me the the freedom to come up with that myself yeah but also someone that's or something that stimulates my creative and technical needs uh, by giving them the freedom but also someone who gives me a project that that lets me be around amazing people that are non-jerks and you know hopefully talented <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i guess if if they fulfill those needs then i'm i'm happy with that client <laughs> yeah that's great next question your favorite animated film mm. so like i mentioned my younger me loved aladdin the the swedish version <laughs> because it was dubbed <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was beautiful man it was such a good one but i guess older me are more into like <clears throat> maybe uh, the ghibli movies yeah uh, oh man two of my favorite if i can mention two are spirited away of course classic mm-hmm. but then there's also also this pompoco have you heard of that i have not no oh dude you need to check it out it's this <laughs> awesome story about these uh, what is it like shape-shifting raccoons Oh. And it's a little bit older, but it's beautiful. Like all these transition and sh- like these shapes and morphs are happening. You should totally check it out. Yeah, I definitely will. Yeah. Let's see. Next question. What mm-hmm. do the people that you love think you do for a living? Maybe, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, parents, grandparents, um, family reunions. What are, uh, and any good stories of, of people trying to describe what you do for a living? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I have a pretty boring answer there. It's it's they they're they're pretty aware of what I'm doing. Like yeah. I know they they mainly think I do commercials for TV, which is okay, you know yeah. yeah, and that's pretty spot on because that that's is. mainly what I do. Yeah, yeah, very cool. All right, last question: What animal did you choose for your animalator, and why? Mm. So I was trying to figure something else out, but I actually went with a uh, uh, sheep. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's a black sheep. And uh, it was mainly because, like, there's no, like, you know, deep story or anything. It's mainly <laughs> because it, it fits so well with my little cloud logo. It does. I I, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, and that was actually one of my initial ideas when I when I made that logo. Was Very Because cool. I felt like a black sheep, like, le- leaving, like, I was the first one to leave my family. And I felt like oh, a little wow. bit outside. But, you know, that's good. Like, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. Very nice. Well, Claudio, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, it was a pleasure mm-hmm. to have you. Thank you so much, man. It was a pleasure to be here. 
Animalators is part of the Gradient Podcast Network and created in collaboration between Identity Visuals and Gradient. To learn more about the work we're doing at Identity Visuals, check out identityvisuals.com or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. And don't forget to go check out the brand new website from Gradient, gradient.is. You can also find them on Facebook or follow them on Twitter at gradient.is. That's gradient, D-O-T-I-S. And you can follow us on Twitter at Animalators. Animalators.com is another great website you should check out because there you can see Claudio's Animalator and all the other incredible Animalators from previous guests who have been on our podcast. To find out more about Claudio and his work, you can head over to his website at claudiosalas.com or follow him on Twitter at at claudiosalas. The theme music to the show was written and produced by Cody Fry. Check out more of his work at codyfry.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, or you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Play, YouTube, really anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And if you're into this podcast, we'd love for you to leave a review or drop us a note. We always love getting your feedback, and when you leave us a review on iTunes, it helps other animators find this podcast too. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to be back in a couple weeks for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. <laughs>